I thought when I said, hey, can we do the podcast in the sanctuary? He was going to go, by no means. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> this is awesome. Hey, you didn't sleep in the sanctuary, which is a good thing. Yeah. yeah we've, yeah. Had, we've had some of that during the I'll sermons. come on Sunday morning one time. And see <laughs> That's right. I'm John Steve. This is Pod Have Mercy. I'm Russell. This is Pod Have Mercy. My favorite was... Uh, We're just having shop I talk I had now. a uh, bride go down. Uh, this was in Pensacola. Oh, yeah. I've, I've had Did a groom, not a bride, though. Well, because yeah, rooms are, you know, they usually are drunk or trying yeah, to recover from, yeah, right. trying to recover from the night before. Yeah. This was the slant. She was about that big around, of course. And, and uh, her name, I won't say her name, but this was in Pensacola when I worked there. And um, she, so she was our, and I always say, eat, eat before your wedding. Don't. And she got in. And it was, this was, it was funny because this was probably one of the, one where the mom planned a lot. This was supposed to be the perfect wedding mm. from the beginning to the end. And, uh, and so they come down the aisle and uh, we're, we're up front. So, so from the beginning, the problem was going to start. And the, grandma, the best man goes, I, for, I forgot the ring. I forgot the rings. And I'm like, well, don't just let it go. Okay. We're going to fake it now. <laughs> so we're not going to go up for him. And so I said, don't tell her. Well, he tells, you know, by the, and it gets over to her. So then we're heading toward the vows, and she's she's getting them, and her head kind of drops. And there were two of us, two of the clergy doing it. Deal so the other guys, the yeah. retired, he's your Jim Jackson. He's next yeah. to me, yeah. and he's he's talking. And I, I, I said, "Are you okay?" And she's now she's getting kind of green. She goes, ah, ah, "Boom!" So down she goes, and every and the whole congregation stands up like it's a football game. And there was, <laughs> <laughs> I said, everybody sit down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just, just hang on. There's she's, nothing she's, that you can she, do. Right, she swooned, and we had Epsom salt. We couldn't bring her out of it. So, so finally I look at the orchestra, and I said, you're going to play some music. He's <laughs> 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 playing music, and she's laid out on the floor. And one of her bridesmaids goes over and grabs the end of her dress and starts doing this with yeah, it, yeah, almost inappropriately, yeah, yeah. so that everybody can yeah. lift her feet up. That's right. <laughs> and I said, stop that. Please just stop it. We're going to. So we get her up. She comes out of it like five minutes later. And then we do a little walk to the front of the altar. So, so a little further up for the actual vows. And then she's, she's standing or sitting. She stood point. up and came up, and then we're, we go to kneel, and she's kneeling. And again, I see the call, Gorgia. And I, I lean down, I got our name, we'll call her Janet. I said, Janet, are, 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 you, are you okay? And she goes, I think I'm about to throw up. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I got right down in her face while all my guys talking. I said, Janet, you are not going to throw up at your funeral. I mean, it's your, your wedding. wedding. It's your wedding. <laughs> and so she goes, and, you know, and I'm looking around for a bucket or something because I think she's about to throw up. So, and, and he starts going, how much longer? How much longer? All this is going on up yeah. and, and I said, we've just got the blessing. We're done. And he goes, we're almost to, it's just the blessing, honey. It's just the blessing. So we get to the blessing. She stands up, goes down again. He's shorter than she is. He catches her. And he and and I said side door. That's because he side he door. Went, there's no way no he's recession. gonna get her down. He's not gonna get her down. The, you. <laughs> he's not gonna get her down the aisle. So he he takes her out the side door, and I look at my my predecessor and I go, and he had been in it for thirty something years. I said, in your thirty eight years, have you? He, he just went never, never seen anything never. like it. And while we were talking, unbeknownst to me, one of the bridesmaids comes out to deal with this and wipes out on the marble floor there. Oh so I completely Lord. missed that. So I get over to the check owner, and um, uh, and she had put on a 
oh, I learned later, she'd put on some kind of bodice or something that she didn't even need because she was this big. Scarlett O'Hara. Stories of ministry with Russ Levinson. <laughs> That's what yeah, stories yeah, yeah. in ministry that, that never happened again. So, <laughs> oh, I did a wedding one time on a little covered bridge at a golf course, and there was a little flowing stream, and then the groom took this nice big fat diamond ring and he bobbled it, and it fell into the stream. <laughs> um, Are you serious? Yeah, and usually, you know, drop the ring. Say, hey, if you drop the ring, just go. We're yeah, gonna we're gonna it. walk through it. And we'll get it after yeah. the service. No, it's a flowing it's, stream, and yeah. all the women they're all diving <laughs> they're all in. Just, going they all become. <laughs> it was like Lord of the Rings, with like the hobbits going down through the lake trying to find the, find the shiny the ring. shiny ring or whatever. That's hey, listen, I want to ask. Okay, yeah. I want to. This is what, something I've wanted to talk with you about specifically, and kind of get it on tape. As you know, the United Methodist Church is going through interesting days Mm -hmm. you know sort of group splintering off because you know we just uh, human sexuality things Mm -hmm. finally a breaking point so so certain people feel like they can't leave and can't stay or can't or they can't stay yeah they can't stay because if someone somewhere is going to do this or let it happen or break the rules we have to get out and form our own church whatever Mm -hmm. and then it's also become about well we don't believe in jesus enough or we're not holy enough or we're not whatever other things too that's what said one of the things that the narrative that is played by the group that is leaving the united methodist church is saying there's no such thing as a big tent church (laughs) and you can't be a traditionalist Mm -hmm. and stay in the united methodist church because ultimately they're going to make everybody do what they want to do talking about the progressives or the liberals right everybody's going to have to do a same-sex wedding every church is going to have to do it every preacher is going to have to do it and i will say to some people sometimes like have you heard of the episcopal church mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. talk about how you all went through a very similar schism split splintering whatever and how that conversation how, how you all actually live in the midst of that yeah. diversity because you all do it in a way that maintains a sense of unity mm-hmm. i remember you telling me you were a big john stott right you know right. D- disciple and follower and a mentor of yours and and that he never left the church even though he was very conservative evangelical talk a little bit about that because i find that fascinating yeah yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't i wish john had he actually died when i was serving here and i and i wish he had lived long enough to kind of have more conversations around this because i do I, I do think it would be would have been great to have his wisdom. Um, it, a lot of people attribute the fact that the Church of England stayed together in the midst of debates about women's ordination because John stood up at some large ecclesiastical meeting and said, "This isn't a church breaker." You know, yeah. how I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm giving yeah. it the southern take. Yeah. No, I got you. <laughs> he would have said it with much more <clears throat> distinguished way, but. Um, I, I think it, I, on the front end, I think it's important to acknowledge that um, it is not easy, perhaps, to be a traditionalist in the time in which we live. I, I'm, I'm not sure what is the right nomenclature to yeah, use. Yeah, that's the one they've been using. But traditionalists, um, uh, I think we could have some conversation around the, the, the word evangelical, which I boldly lay claim to, but mm-hmm. when I use it, I don't talk about it. It has nothing to do with my politics. Ag- with, agreed. Same with, with the me. fact that John Wesley was an evangelical, mm-hmm. who's carved on our pulpit, by the way, um, of course, he stayed in Anglican until the end. I always remind my Methodist friends. But, but um, well, we're Episcopalians <laughs> whose trust funds didn't do as well in the stock market. We're just we're, we're Episcopal light. But uh, I did. I did. I had, I had yeah. John Wesley. John Wesley's carved into the pulpit. So, um, 
but it's not easy because the prevailing culture is probably in a different place than where we are. Um, but again, uh, uh, I, I think probably what informed me, certainly, at least for me, the scriptures informed me. And as I've referenced before with you, I think, you, you know, the Johannine writings about love and first, second, third epistles of John, the Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane, um, uh, all of those things speak to you just got to find a way to work mm. through it together. And yeah. you're going to have people who di- disagree. You know, I often say t- to people, if anybody had a reason to get up and leave, uh, it would have been Jesus. <laughs> you know, you know, everybody was against Jesus. And yeah. you could have seen, own people. Yeah, 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 I mean, even his 12, 12 buddies. I mean, he could have gone, okay, all right, I'm going to leave. I'm going to Egypt. Let's start there. We're going to try <laughs> there. Let's see if that works. Yeah. And, um, but even Jesus stayed. And, yeah. and he stayed because he felt like there was something important to proclaim where he was. And um, I have, you know, had conversations with people. When I first came here, there was a very small group of people that were talking about leaving um, the Episcopal Church. And I said, I, well, that's not going to be me. So you need to know I'm not, I'm not going to spend my days in a courtroom. I'm not, you know, I don't want to be fighting over those kinds of things. We're a traditional church. Uh, we at St. Martin's, we do not offer same-sex marriage, nor do we ordain those who are sexually active outside of traditional marriage. Um, but that does not mean that uh, people who feel differently can't go to church here. Um, that is our position. It's the position of the church. But I know I'm in communion with people in the Episcopal Church that don't share that view. Mm-hmm. And some of them are, can be kind of nasty about it. <laughs> I've, I've experienced that over the years. But, you know, the, the, that's because maybe some measure at a convention didn't pass that I wish had. Or, you know, it's not like I'm being persecuted. You know, I, mm. I've had a lot of my, in our denomination, the folks who have left, would talk about how difficult it was, how they were being persecuted. And, and I would say, now, how are you being persecuted? Are, you're, you're saying that diocesan council didn't go the way you wanted it to? Is that persecution? You want to talk about persecution, go, go overseas and talk yeah, to people. Who, yeah. And so, so and, I, and what troubles me is that I think in that, in those, at least for us, those who departed, um, I, now I've talked to lots of those who would like to come back yeah, or who some of whom have already come back kind of br- Brexit. <laughs> yeah. They kind of <laughs> go, because they go off, you know, when you, when you break away as a, yeah. and this is my experience, we break away as a, if you're angry over something and there's a reason yeah. to be angry. I mean, I, sure. I do feel like a lot of the things that passed were, there was a lot of maneuvering. There was a lot of politics. There was a lot of naivete. I think a lot of people, this will never happen. And then it started to happen. Yeah. And, uh, but I do think if people had stayed, the church would be a bigger tent um, because, but, mm. but when you leave angry or with a, a spirit that w- when you disagree, you divide, well, when you leave, then you divide again or you stay angry. And so a lot of my friends in the Episcopal Church who've left to go to smaller denominations, one of the largest of which, and I don't want name call, but one of the largest breakaway groups is actually now shrinking. Uh, because some are starting to come back to the Episcopal Church or go to other denominations because now they're fighting over 
liturgy other, other or the next women's yeah. ordination yeah. or thing you know because if what binds you is the fight right, you right. don't know how to stand in unity over things that you um you feel a, a dissonance about with a right. brother or sister right. Right? right i think i think the bigger for for me as a person that lines up probably more on the progressive side mm. who also gets heat for not leaving right right, right? that this this idea of being in unity together is mm-hmm. a thing that um draws us together mm-hmm. right as outside that heat we see a bigger vision of the gospel mm-hmm. of saying that we're better together mm-hmm. um, our mission uh, is better in a in a larger tent mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Uh, and i think that that's that's the vision that mm-hmm. I, I you know y'all are holding out as episcopalian well, and, I, and I, th- I feel like but you know okay, i referenced when in our discussion my, yeah. my long discussion with john stott which was the last discussion we had uh, a season before when his health had declined and uh, mm. i, I he was a mentor for many years. He's a wonderful, sweet guy, a wonderful, strong traditionalist on marriage and many things like that. But uh, that was a time when a lot of these, our friends were leaving. Friends he and I shared were mm. leaving the Episcopal Church. And I tracked him down. He was at a, a retirement home out in the countryside of England. Yeah. You know? And and it was, I, when I think back, it was almost like a pilgrimage that night because it was the last train stop. And then <laughs> when the train pulled away, there was nobody. And I, all I saw was a garage <laughs> up on the on the hillside. And it was it was a light on, fortunately. I said, I'm looking for the XYZ retirement home. They said, well, it's down this dirt road. So I finally found him and, and we had an appointment. We had about 45 minutes together. And um, precious minutes and and toward the end i said well now he liked to be called uncle john so I said, you know uncle john uh, a lot of our friends are leaving you know over various issues and and he said and i said what you know what do you what counsel do you have for me on that and he said don't don't leave yeah he said just stay and preach the gospel and yeah. don't leave yeah. and i was like that you talk about a word of paul to I'm not compare myself to Timothy, <laughs> but a, a mentor exactly. saying Absolutely. to you, Absolutely. don't leave. Not just any mentor, yeah. John Stott. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, and who it, most evangelicals consider like one of the big founding yeah. pillars yeah, right. of evangelicals. Well, and I had people afterwards when I would repeat that story, I had some people in the evangelical camp would say, well, he wouldn't feel that way now about the way things are going. And I just said, well, I don't know. I can't ask him. I can only tell you what he said to me. And yeah. that's, that's what he said to me. And I, you know, how would he have been so consistent his whole life? And then all of a sudden, right. Change. Right. That doesn't make sense. Well, and I, I do think, um, I, I'm, you know, I, one of the things I do purposefully is reach out to my more progressive friends because I think they think I don't want to break bread with them or I don't want to go to church mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. or I don't. And, um, you know, I, I do have lines that I won't cross and I do, you know, again, yeah, I, I, but, but that I think we mean you can't share communities. Exactly. Together. I think we need to have <laughs> yes. those real, we ask real questions. That's and the so, Anglican you know, communion. You know, right? I had, yeah. And so I, I mean, the, and, and my members have heard me say this, uh, despite my position here. Um, and I actually had a bishop say to me not too long ago, who's a progressive. Hmm. And, uh, and he, he and I were visiting over a meal. And he said, so why is your position the way it is? I said, well, Bishop, I just can't find it in scripture. And I really and beholden to the authority of scripture. Mm-hmm. And I said, even if you took that away, the anthropological reasons for me around created order, et cetera, et cetera. I said, but that doesn't mean I don't un- seek to understand and try to be mm. the, a growing priest. And I said, so the first time I was here at St. Martin's asked and was asked by members to do their same sex marriage. And they knew where I was. 
And I said, well, you know, you know where we are, and that's not our position here at St. Martin's. But in this diocese, our bishop has created a wonderful thing. He goes, uh, unity and mission. So he gathered this group of about 100 very diverse people, and we met for over a year. Yeah. And we finally came Brilliant. up with the, with the policy that every church kind of does what they want to, because, and then we we're going to focus on mission, growing the church. And so, uh, and, and as a result of that, by the way, we don't fight about sexuality when we get together anymore. Mm. Those, that sounds nice. Um, those, those resolutions don't well, come y'all, up. Anymore. Y'all set up some game, some some rules around that, right. covenants around that. Right. Right. That said, this is how we're going to engage, move forward. Yeah. yeah. And so. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. That that's kept the unity and it's allowed y'all to yeah. actually move in mission together. And it, it it took the leadership of the bishop, yeah. which was important for Absolutely. us. And I and I think which I'd like we don't have. I'd like to see a lot more of that across the church because I, I do think I know other bishops who look at it and go oh, I just don't think that could work well, it, does, it, it does work it can and and so when I had this couple come to me um and I said I you know I can't do that for you um and we talked and they, there was some anger and there's some tears and, there, and laughter and mm. we were probably together about an hour and a half and then I said you know listen in the Episcopal Church you can get married in America now you can get married and have that recognized I, I'm not I'm not denying that I said, so let's find you an Episcopal church that will do that, which is pretty easy to do in mm-hmm. Houston. Yeah. There, right? In this zip code. And, right. and I, said, I said, but you got to go through premarital counseling. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, you know, yeah. and, and then, you know, once that happens, you, of course, you're going to be welcomed here at St. Martin's. And, um, but I will say, and I, I have yet to have our Lord audibly speak to me. Have you? I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to have that. <laughs> that would be nice. Well, sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. If you no, said no. yes, no, yeah, he talks. I hear him no. every day. No. So, so I, I, I pray for those. I'd love that moment. But I'd have him, as our charismatic friends say, I have had him speak to my spirit. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, as I was sitting with this couple, uh, I said, um, mm. uh, I felt the Lord say. Offer to go, and I thought, is you know, and we talked more, and I, and I literally, I, mean, I felt the Lord say, offer to go to the wedding. Mm. So as we got to the end, I said, so, you know, now that I've disappointed you, and I'm going to work to, you know, would it help if I came? And I said, I won't, I'm not, I won't wear my collar. Uh, I'll, I'll sit in the back. I'm not going to participate anyway. I'm there as your pastor to support you. And they, and they both said, we'll let you know. And so, uh, <laughs> but a few days later, I came in and on my desk, there was a envelope, an invitation. That's beautiful. And so I went and I sat in the back and I supported with them and uh, prayed with them. Uh, and, um, and this became their church. And sadly, a few years later, one of the two partners died. And one of the first calls I got was from the other partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and we did the funeral here. You know, I mean? so, so, I mean, that, that's, that's the bigger story that's the world we live in it's not going to go away it's complex it's, and it's, it's nuanced it is yeah it's, it's, I, i'm struck too yes. by like i've just been dealing with some situ uh, some situation where you know it the the departing groups or at least the group that's wanting to depart i, I get the sense the tone or the spirit there's a lot of anger mm-hmm. I and mean, I, I understand there's anger they feel mm-hmm. wronged persecuted mm-hmm. whatever it's not their church anymore and so they fight it goes back to the you know winning and losing mm-hmm. is the highest value so all these churches that are going into these votes mm-hmm. becomes very divisive mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. congregation i mean mm-hmm. 20 30 percent of the people are like I, I can't mm-hmm. stay okay. here anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it, it goes back to that anger, 
you know, right. when you start something new or you leave for the purposes of anger, right, or fear, uh, whether it's real or, or imagined, <clears throat> that's birthing DNA. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, it's like, that's, that's right. when you said that they're angry. Now, we're, we're just the, in the United Methodist Church, we're just so like in the hot, white hot middle of the thing. Mm-hmm. We're not at the point yet where mm-hmm. we know people are going to start coming back. But they've already had the conversation. I mean, there was, a, there was a story in our conference of a pastor who really pushed lead their church to, to, to get to a vote, to leave. They went through the whole process. They voted. It just split the mm-hmm. church up. And the pastor came back to the DS and said, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is wrong, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. Now it's not happening a lot, but right. it was like, this is not right. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's the entire story of our humanity that we're always leaving, mm-hmm. and we get to where we think we need to be in our own strength, and we think, wait a minute, and that's what repentance, metanoia, mm-hmm. coming back is right. about. And maybe that's we're we're constantly playing that out, and we're seeing that in a in a stark way in our own denomination, which is super painful. Mm-hmm. But I, I I've got to believe that the purposes of the Wesleyan tradition and inspiration are going to lead us back to together it has I, I hope it has to yeah maybe not in my lifetime but yeah well I often think that I often know. think not in my lifetime yeah I mean you you mentioned too when talking about the big church you, know, you talk about your journey as a traditional uh, mm-hmm. pastor and this church St. Martin's mm-hmm. is a traditional within a denomination that allows um, yes. marriage and mm-hmm. ordination but this church says we're in staying together but we won't because it's sort of that one church option mm-hmm. right local mm-hmm. church option um, you also mentioned to me because people say people will say well that's that's the exception mm-hmm. I mean right. there's you know everywhere else it's ABC whatever right. you were telling me though in some of these conferences like um, Alabama or whatever you might have 80 something churches right you might have 15, 16, you, right. you were giving me some numbers yeah. a couple of weeks yeah. ago. And it's like, there's only a per- small percentage of the churches in the Episcopal church in that certain diocese mm-hmm. that do same-sex weddings. Right. And yeah. so it, regionally, I think it would probably differ. Mm-hmm. But yes. basically in the Episcopal church is, every church can make the decision. It still is that way. I, th- I, I think uh, this is where I'm, I will say, I share some concern. And when you say people say, well, they're eventually gonna make you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do have some concern that on the front end, and my bishop shares this concern, he said this to us, that, that we're not, though we're being that broad in the recruitment of young clergy or clergy, new clergy to the church, by and large, the vast majority are pretty progressive or think, well, that, that's where we are now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you kind of have to tell young clergy what, and I think this is important for seminaries to do, which is why I stay in touch mm-hmm. with seminary deans. I said, you need to tell your students, though you may be teaching this, many of the congregations into which they're going are going to not, that's not going to work. That's right. Yeah, you know, that's, no, that's you right. Go, you, and that's so right. you, we've got to, I, I think if we're going to continue to be a big tent, which I hope we are, we also have to recruit people who feel the way we do. Or or, or recruit folks that are multilingual in that. Yeah, That right, can exactly understand, understand yeah. that not as a one issue, but can say, I'm here to minister to this community, right, this community. and the language they speak and the way that this root system is established right. and not to push something beyond yeah. maybe uh, widow, orphan, stranger, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, right, right. the core kind yeah. of tenets of what we are called yeah. in our social gospel. Yeah, and I think that there are 
large dioceses that that w really s would move forward or have moved forward and probably are seen mm -hmm. as progressive in the large Anglican communion, kind of like y'all are, the Global mm -hmm. Methodist Church, but the large Anglican communion of 77 to 78 million people, we are a vast minority. I mean, the Episcopal Church and those who are progressive on the issue are, are pretty much a minority. Um, and, but we've managed to stay together. Um, and right. it's fascinating to kind of sit back. Somebody needs to do a PhD on it because I know there's a lot of stories to tell, but yeah. I just, I'm, I'm pretty much a, a well, simple it. pastor preacher. And I think <laughs> you can't read the Bible and say, you're not supposed to love each other and work toward and the unity. greater. We church. have to, we have That's to, right. we have to figure out this, this unity right. and the, the people, some of the folks who are exiting are saying, well, you've turned unity into an idol into mm. a God. I'm like, no. Um, it's called the Trinity, folks. If you, but if you <laughs> read, <laughs> but if you read and understand, you know, historically, even even from contemplative spirituality, the oneness of God. Yes. Right. This sense yeah. that uh, that God under heaven and earth, it says in Ephesians, brings all things together. Christ brings all things together in heaven yeah. and earth. Right. So the the unity is a reality. We just choose whether to live into it or not. Well, I just preached yesterday on Ephesians five one, yeah. or, or, yeah. or, or well, Ephesians five one, but also Ephesians one, where where uh, Paul says. You know, God's ultimate purpose is to bring all things in the universe <laughs> under, under Christ. Yes, under. All, that mean, and I said all, all things. things means all, all, all things. things. <laughs> and so it doesn't mean some things over here. And uh, But I do think we've, yeah. I, and, and, and I will say, as I referenced when we talked a little earlier, I mean, I'm really struck by Jesus's prayer in Gethsemane. Yes. And, and, I, and, and I, if it was Jesus's prayer that we would all be one. Mm. Don't we want to answer Jesus's prayer? I, mean, I know that's not a that's not it wasn't Jesus's idea. It was his it was his plea to God that yeah. we would learn to somehow work. Let, let me ask you this too, because about this conversation, we're just kind of all over the map here, free forming, <laughs> taking advantage of this beautiful place <laughs> at St. Martin's Episcopal Church in Houston, Texas. But um, I have a lot of friends and churches that are still in the United Methodist Church. They're very nervous. They're wondering whether they should leave too because it's been a big, um, big PR campaign. You got to get out now. You got to get out. You got to get out. Right. And so some churches have done that. And in our conference, a lot more have done it because our bishop has been kind of not really involved in, in the process, unlike some other conferences. But still a lot of where he's been really involved. Well, he's been involved, but he's been involved for the other team as, as much. But, um, but so I think about United Methodists, and particularly all over, the, all over the United States who are dealing with this. How important, if you were speaking to people who, okay, I'm more traditional, I'm nervous, I don't really want to leave, but I maybe, maybe they're right, maybe. Mm -hmm. How important is it for traditionalists to stay at the table and to say, I'm staying, mm -hmm. but I'm going to be, our church is going to be who we're going to be. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be who I'm going to be. You, you've done this. I wonder from your perspective, if you're speaking to traditionalists out there who are United Methodist and they're kind of like, what am I doing? You know, maybe they're considering it because they think, well, that's where all the, mm -hmm. you know, the peer pressure, right? Yeah. It's a that's great where, question. <laughs> and I think, I, I mean, I will say, I do have people say, well, of course, you're, you're at St. Martin's, which is a great church. I love it. I love St. Martin's. I've been a rector twice before, 
a senior pastor twice before. I was in Pensacola, Florida. This was my position. I was in Lafayette, Louisiana. This yeah. was my position. I was on a multi-church staff where I was an associate where not everybody agreed. I, you know, I've had, mm-hmm. I've been in each of those environments and I never felt like getting up and walking away was no. the right answer. And so just, I just stayed at it. So when you ask, I think it's vital yes. that we stay together. Listen, if we believe what we preach, we're going to be together forever. <laughs> Might as well work it out <laughs> so, here, so, folks. Right. I mean, you know, it's not going to get easier. That's right. Yeah, yeah, but when we get to heaven, you're going to all realize that you were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's, we're going to, you know, I often wonder, you know, in God's kingdom, if it, would, would God pop you down in the neighborhood where you really disagreed with all these people yeah. when you're on earth? Just to kind of say, yeah. here are your new neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And, uh, and, and if we treated each other like we were going to spend eternity together and yeah. not a generation together. And we're fighting over categories that don't exist on the other side. Right. Actually. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Know, right. Exactly. When you think about our right. theology. Yeah, I love it when they, know, when they like, ask Jesus, wait, like, oh, this woman, she married these seven brothers and they're all dead. So when she gets to heaven, whose wife she's going to be? He's like, what are you kidding me? He's like, you're asking the wrong question. <laughs> like, there's no <laughs> Marriage. There's Widows, no marriage in heaven. So, uh, yeah, you know, I was always I was like, bothered by that scripture, though, because I because you I'm, love your wife. I, I'm, fortu- I'm fortunate. You know, and I, I have people who tell me they're bothered by that scripture because the, the possibilities even exist that you are married. I always kind of. I actually, I'm 40 years. I'm about 40 years in, and I really like my wife. And I don't want to see her with anybody else. So, but I, that's, that is what Jesus said. There is no marriage. Yeah. I mean, uh, my wife might be going. Finally, she's like, finally a break the after 40 years. On this thing. <laughs> I just think that's that's something for me that I, I maybe I'm just stubborn, but I'm like I'm not afraid to say that I'm a traditional person. Yeah. I understand that there's going to be disagreement on this and it, based on interpretation, right. and I respect that. And I'm still learning. I'm not in the same place I was ten years right. ago or five years ago, but I'm thinking if hmm. all the traditionalists leave, then yeah, then we just have. <laughs> you have homogeneity again and then we're going to argue about something else and I'm like man staying together is a lot harder it is hard yes but man it's beautiful it's hard but it's beautiful because maybe we need actually the spirit of the living God to do that and not just my ideas of right and wrong Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. with morality I can already decide what the position is but if I have to be in relationship with people that have different ideas and the spirit says stay then I have to stay based on um, some other higher ordered structure Mm -hmm. I think called the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's calling for unity Mm-hmm. And I have to then treat you as a brother or a sister in Christ, mm-hmm. not as somebody that I'm opposed to. Because mm-hmm. we, we take the Eucharist together. Right, we right. are contending with the faith together yeah. in different ways that really matter. Are there other churches in the, in the Diocese of Texas that are similar to you and St. Martin's oh, yeah. where they do yeah. Yeah. a lot? Uh, I haven't taken a poll. Oh. <laughs> well, the only reason that, yeah, you made a reference to Alabama because there's some controversy going on in Alabama right now. And, and that's where I grew up. And, yeah. and I actually kind of had a discussion with the bishop there. And she said, oh, well, we have 87 parishes and 17 provide offer a same-sex union. Now, you might go to 17 out of the 87. So 70 don't. 70 know. of them don't yeah, in and, Alabama. Yeah. And, um, and uh, but I mean, that, I'm, 
And, and again, I think people would say, well, there you go. There's Alabama. But, I'm just, well, no, but it's would, not just Alabama. Yeah, yeah. It would be, and I'm thinking about the United Methodist Church in Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Mississippi, right. all over. You may have more in these conferences or these mm-hmm. areas uh, that say we're not going to do same-sex mm-hmm. weddings, but you're going to have some that will. Mm-hmm. Uh, in certain cities, uh, cities like yeah. in Savannah, mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's, you know, it's a, a different culture, different right. vibe. Houston and, and Lubbock will be different. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, but exactly. Well, it, Austin yeah. and yeah. Lubbock. Yeah. Let's do yeah. Austin, Austin and Lubbock. Austin Lubbock will be different. Austin and Houston will be different. Yeah. It's, it's the discussion that we had with the bishop um, in Africa that said that these, at the end of the day, are contextual and regional conversations mm-hmm. in many ways, mm-hmm. is that this is not the conversation we're having in Africa. Mm-hmm. He he intimated that we're attempting to get our folks not to have more than one wife you right. know that's, <laughs> that, that's a conversation I've, I've, we're having right, you know right. this is not the co- so in some ways that there would be regional differences makes a lot of sense based on sociological structures mm-hmm. based on root systems of faith and the way that it's emerged in particular contexts mm-hmm. This is more of a regional deal. And that's the thing that, you know, half of the United Methodist 12.8 million, half are in Africa. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, and they've, and they've said, you know, we're traditional. Yeah. And we're not, our culture, our ethos is not yeah. going to change on that. There'll be little outliers, right. of course, like in any culture. But it's like Bishop Miyumbo said, you know, is America willing to be a regional conference yeah. instead of mm-hmm. over everything? Because, yeah, right. you know, it was all born here. <laughs> Methodism was yeah. born in America, and right. then it got moved out. But I think we have to lay aside some of the, as as Bishop Miyumbo says, some of the colonialistic attitude, right. mm-hmm. where Africa is like a lesser conference, right. 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 and America's mm-hmm. like Right. The, in the general conference and then every four years we come together for 13 days and for 10 and a half days we talk about everything that has to do with the U.S. and nothing that has to do with the, right. the central conferences. Yeah. There needs to be a, a re, reworking of things. But the, but the Africans have said we're not, we're not we're walking not away. Mm-hmm. We're not leaving. They have, a, they have, he calls it Ubuntu. Right, right, and it's right. that, yeah, that yeah, spirit yeah, of right. like, you know, this is the this is the tribal community, the covenant. We don't walk away from that. Right. We disagree. Right. And we might not do things the way you do things, but I'm not walking away from the table. What, what I would like to see, I would just say what I would like to see as a traditionalist is because particularly now that things have, I would say our dust has settled mm. to some degree. But I, because I do think now in the Episcopal Church, the, the, the larger voice is more progressive on this issue. No mm. question about it. I would like to see more progressive step up and say, and you know, traditionalists belong. Amen. And so we don't Amen. have a lot of that. And so that's why I stay in conversation with a lot of the deans in particular, because that's where those conversations yeah. need to be having. But, you know, you all need to belong to, we need your voice too, um, because I, I think we run the risk of, lose, again, losing the big tent. So, I th- you know, th- that kind of internal, that's not a fear for me. I'm, I'm not a lot scares me anymore. <laughs> here, here we are recording on Halloween. I don't get, it's not a lot scares me anymore. Um, but, um, <laughs> Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, oh, I, I, I'm now, it doesn't cause me a sense of angst, yeah. but I, I, I wish <clears throat> that Amen. we saw that so that we could really believe, okay, because as long as that is kind of the prevailing thought that we're moving in this direction, that we're not seeing a lot of the, 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 the traditionalism taught or coming out of the seminaries, you know, I think people will. Like. And uh, that's you know it that's is, the fear we're, we're from that yeah direction. that's the fear that's of this right. group. It's like okay, it's not here yet, but it's going to get here. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I will say I've been hanging around 
we've been fiddling with this for a long time. Yeah. When, when did the Episcopal, when, what, what's, what timeline was the Episcopal break? Was it a moment in time or over a couple Well, the years? election of Gene Robinson as the first and when was that? gay bishop in the 90s. And uh, I don't know the exact date. Which, um, and we had Oliveto yeah. in I'm not sure 16? Yeah. So, I, yeah. and, and that was a big, but, but, but that, and then, the, you know, we didn't, same-sex marriage did not get approved till just a few years ago. After um, the election. Right. And, um, yeah, it followed the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. actually. And so um, that happened then. But I, I think that was probably, you know, that was a breaking point for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I, you know, I, I wish it had not turned that way, but I'm a traditional. So of the groups that yeah. splintered off or that, that broke off, um, how, do you, have they done well? Have they S- very? Uh, uh, now somebody will quickly ding your podcast and say uh, you're wrong. You're wrong. But of course, I get you can wrong. pretty easily see. I mean, several of the churches closed during COVID. Closed. Uh, they have, you know, and uh, I mean, we've got about two million Episcopalians in the U.S. There are about a hundred thousand in the largest breakaway group. And uh, I'm careful not to mention the which groups because I, I pray for them and many of them are friends. I have, yes, I have some that left, but um, but they did. They're not growing. You know, you may have pockets of growth, but they're, and, and they're now having conversations around things like can women be pastors? Right. Which and, liturgy are we going to use? Which prayer book are we going to use? I mean, yeah. it's kind of the stuff we've already argued about. So it's, it's conflict kind of addiction. Cranking. Yeah. It's, that's the thing. If if you're born out of conflict addiction, you don't just flip the switch and all of a sudden say, "Oh, we're in the promised land now." Well, that, right. I mean, it's like, well, what what are what we, are we get, what for? are we fighting next? That's <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I just I always tell people, <laughs> you know what I always something else. come on. I always tell people when I'm when they're disagreeing about this thing I said look I'm conservative just like you I'm just not as angry as you are mm-hmm. yeah I'm just not angry all the time walking yeah. around angry yeah I just think conservatives picked the wrong leaders yeah, the, the conservatives on that yeah issue I think in our church yeah we picked the inflammatory you know mm-hmm. pitchforks and torches and mm-hmm. you know kind of mm-hmm. folks the most vitriol voices not all of them but the ones that have a lot of platform and, that are used yeah and i'm sure you're I've, snarky i've been cruel. accused i've been accused of making making friends with the enemy or but you know <laughs> but I, I will say i've been the enemy i think i shared with you i, I was invited to preach at a church in uh, california that shall remain nameless and they found out i um we didn't offer same-sex marriage here and and i was i was canceled <laughs> I got a I got you. an email from them saying you're not a, you're not welcome in our congratulations. Know, so, so you know everyone yeah. now should be canceled at least once. That's one of many. I mean, there, there were many times during high school. <laughs> well, all those date, all those dates that got, I thought were going to happen uh, and got canceled. <laughs> so, that's funny. So, something you said I think is really interesting to me that the the thing that you desire or it would be helpful is to have someone from a different position reach across and say. Right this is you're necessary right not just necessary vital to the health of the church and mm-hmm. i think that's where the unity is is mm-hmm. if we can develop relationships across and say mm-hmm. this relationship here is life to me mm-hmm. and we would be a lesser communion without you mm-hmm. right um, um i think that i want to i want to figure out in the methodist church how we nurture that because mm-hmm. i think that's going to be vital because i think in the end of the day these things get broken down over relationships and then camps get divided and then tribes get warring factions and then mm-hmm. it just all goes to I, w- I had my seminary reunion a few weeks ago my 30th reunion wow 
And I have not seen most of those people since we graduated and were ordained in mm. 1992. And um, one of my closest friends is a woman, and uh, she was single during seminary. And, uh, and when we got together for the first time in 30 years, we all went around where we were. And, um, and she you know, shared with everybody that she was married to her partner. And my, you know, Laura and I both went, hmm, well, that probably wasn't something I thought would happen in mm -hmm. her, her life. And she actually said, when I was in seminary, I thought I was going to be marrying a six foot two handsome. And she said, my, my partner ended up not being <laughs> what, what I thought. And, and I, as I sat there and looked at her, I thought, I'm not going to stop loving her because of what she just shared. I mean, probably a lot of people knew we just hadn't been together in so long. Mm -hmm. but. We've shared three, three years of life together. We prayed together. We were in church together. We yes. had theological discussions. We had coffee together. I'm not going to go, okay, now that you've told me that, well, I'm going to walk away from being no. your friend. And, I, you know, I, it's not where I am, but I love her. And that's more important than, you know, yeah. she's going to have to deal with God with yeah. whatever decisions or life she lives is the same way I am. That's right. Yeah, I think the last thing I, I think is just, you know, when you say, okay, well, the church is moving maybe in a more progressive direction, I would say Episcopal, I, I would say every mainline denomination is. Some people would argue like even Southern Baptists, you know, they're, they're going oh, through an argument. They're going through arguments yeah. now over women in ministry. And some people would say, well, I'd long for those days. They're always about 50 years behind us. <laughs> My brother's a Southern Baptist preacher. Um, but I look at this and I say, some okay, of my best friends are Baptists. Some of my some best, best friends, friends are Baptists. Yeah. <laughs> my brother is a Southern <laughs> yeah, Baptist yeah, preacher, are. but I don't like him. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, um, they can preach and they tithe. Thank God. I and mean, they know they come out of oh, the womb yeah. tithing. I, uh, that, so whenever we get a Southern Baptist joining St. Martin's, I just go, well, oh, I, I don't have to tell, I don't have to tell them you got to tithe because they know it. Yeah. That's what we have to do. But the, the whole culture ebbs and flows. So the whole culture is moving in a way where things are different. I mean, look at the way homosexuality is viewed now versus, mm -hmm. gosh, five years ago, 10 years yes. ago. Look at the generational breakdown of how they identify LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. And people could say, well, that's part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And maybe it is. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's cultural influences that are causing some children nowadays to be, you know, more broad with their understanding of these things. It's possible. But the reality is, this is what is happening mm -hmm. now. To, so to break away and isolate yourself, to, you know, cloistered, you know, you have the cloister garden out here. Right, we do. Um, to go cloister yourself and break away from the world. I'm not really sure how how, how that has <clears throat> an impact on the world. Right. It's almost like you're running away from it. So you're so lamenting this, the sort of the slippery slope, liberal slide, progressive move of the whole culture, right. yet you're, you're kind of cloistering yourself off building a wall away from it so you can just so that voice is then taken out of the <coughs> the public discussion. the public that's domain right. and so yeah you know, right. one of the things we've got uh, there's a great book written by uh i wish i remember his name called um uncommon civility do you remember mm -hmm. that book? i've heard of uh, he it was, uh, he was the guy who was the president of of uh, fuller for some years mm -hmm. uh, oh mark laverton no oh god well, we'll go back and reference it. Some, but it was, a, I mean, I had him preach. We edit that. What happens is your lips will move and George will go, the right name. But um, uh, Uncommon Seville, I think was the name of it. And it was really, it's a very thin book, but he just talks about that, the importance of being able to talk across the line. And he's Baptist. And it was a, a or um, it was just a really important 
way that, again, I mean, we say we believe the scriptures and the scriptures tell us how to live and what is the preeminent call within Holy Scripture and it's still love one another. Yeah, yeah that's how they're going to know we're the followers of Christ yeah. by how we love. Man, I appreciate your time today. It's Russ great. Levinson, rector of St. Martin's Episcopal Church here in Houston, Texas. It's the biggest Episcopal church in the U.S. It is. Yeah. Yeah. The average Episcopal church is about 175 and we're, we're just shy of 10,000 baptized members. I don't see them all on Sunday. Well, <laughs> so, we don't see, we see all we, of our we see 75. We tick up in uh, uh, those on the C&E times, but, but they're, but they're, they're active and they belong. And, and like you, I mean, we're, we're thankfully we're growing, you know, yeah, I'm happy yeah. to see it. And I, you know, one of the reasons I think we're growing is because uh, we don't get all tangled up in this, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the mire that we see going on in the culture around us, either in the world or in churches that really do want to stay in that place of division. And but you still have people in your church that would like to see this church probably be more inclusive, I would imagine. I don't get that a lot. You don't? I, get, I, mean, I, I mean, I think we're inclusive. No, I, I mean, uh, uh, I, I, when I say that, I mean, they would they would probably, there would probably be some people in the church like, oh, well, I don't know why we don't do same-sex yeah. weddings here or something. I don't, I, I don't hear that a lot. I, I will say we have a, it's not rigorous, but we have a pretty um, intentional welcoming process. And part of that welcoming process is to say, so, you know, this is we where are. We, are. we are. And you're welcome here, but we just don't spend a lot of time, you know, uh, arguing about that and I always begin my one what we call it one-on-one membership classes so I always begin and end with the same statement I said so if my elevator speech for St. Martin's is yes we're Episcopal yes we're Anglican yes we're St. Martin's but the elevator speech is we exist to make and grow disciples for Jesus Christ that's it if you're Done. if you're coming to this church <laughs> for some other reason pretty church to get married in or to make business contacts or uh, you know wh- yeah. whatever it is <clears throat> just know almost every decision we make behind everything we do is well ultimately that's really what we're trying to do so we're trying to help you become a disciple of christ and if you're already one than to grow as a disciple. That's right? awesome. That's so. the way it should be. You you all at St. Martin's are starting a podcast. Did you know this? Uh, I didn't know this. Because <laughs> you told me about it. I did know this only because uh, I have, you know, I'm old now. I'm 60 and a half. Yeah, I get it. And, uh, and I have great young clergy who come to me and they say, can we do X, Y, Z? And I'll say, as long as it fits into the mission. And they'll, and so a few of my young clergy said, we want to do something called the Wayside Podcast. And uh, I think almost the first thing I asked was, so how do I listen to it? Because, <laughs> and so they said, well, you've got to download a, a platform. And I said, well, what, what is that? <laughs> can you Here's my phone. Can you show me on my phone how I can listen to that? So yes, we have the Wayside podcast, which is on uh, Monday is, the, is a replay of the Sunday sermon. And then later in the week, there'll be a discussion with some kind of like what we're doing oh, yeah, okay. now. And, uh, and I'm very proud of my young clergy who come up with those ideas. Whenever they come up with, with those ideas they came up with one last week and three of them came to me together and I said do you not have enough to do here is that I'm, I'm happy for you to do that but just if I'm not giving you enough to do let me know because I thought there was plenty of work that's, that's awesome good. so the Wayside podcast is from St. Martin's it's new and uh, so check out that and also Pod Have Mercy. Make sure you like, subscribe. You know how to do all this stuff, right? No, you like and subscribe <laughs> and make sure you share with a friend all of these podcasts and make sure you check out Russ Levinson's new book, 
Witness to Dignity, which is the life and the faith of George H.W. Bush and Barbara Bush. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for letting us come hang out in this yeah. cool yeah. space too. Thank man. you. Thank you. I thought Thank when you. I said, I thought when I said, "Hey, can we do the podcast in the sanctuary?" He was going to go, "By no means, <laughs> no." <laughs> this is awesome. Hey, you didn't sleep in the sanctuary, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah we've had, we've had some of that during. The I'll sermons. come on Sunday morning one time. <laughs> and see well, thanks for your time. I appreciate you, man. And um, I, I have a pumpkin to carve. Yeah, I know you do. I know <laughs> well, I'm John Stevens. I'm Matt Russell. And I'm Russ Levinson. And this is Pod Have Mercy. Oh,